Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. It is once again a one microphone kind of day. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you know what? We asked for help this time. We were not too proud. And he said, I don't know a lot about audio. He's more of a video guy. Needless to say, that was not Pink Polo. No, nope. although he is podcast. here. Yeah. He's here in a gray polo today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but that's probably why he couldn't help us, because he can only help in the pink polo, because that's his mascot uniform. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I told him that we gave him a shout-out on the last episode, and he was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear. So He's not going to listen. He, I don't know. He might. It's in the iTunes store, so <laughs> it gives him Yay! a bit of credibility. I would definitely listen to a podcast if someone gave me a shout-out. I'm very excited that we're in the iTunes store. Cher figured that out all by herself. I was of no help. Okay, service. let me just say, Apple <laughs> is not the easiest, they're not the easiest to deal with. I talked to seven different representatives, and finally, at the end of the day, I finally called this, somehow got the got a hold of this secret number that they hide in their, like, resource center <laughs> that's only available if you work there. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're in the right place, but sorry, we only do this over email. We're not allowed to talk on the phone. I'm like... Which, why? Podcasts are spoken, so why would you go to written word <laughs> yeah, to what fix if, the issue? What if I don't know how to read? <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, so I have been emailing back and forth with Alex, who I don't know if he was helpful, but I do know that I was so desperate that I started posting in forums, mm. and a delightful man who, I think his name was Roger, commented and solved our problem. So now our podcast is audible and downloadable and everything the iTunes store should be. As it should be. Um, you know what, guys? No one can say that we have not been tested on this podcast. We've had technical difficulties. We've had every issues week. with email. <laughs> not email. That's been fine. But we've had issues <laughs> with, <laughs> the one with thi- one thing we've got under control. <laughs> All the things that, like, are very intuitive, like social media, we've pretty much yeah. got that on lockdown. Yeah, also the things cr- that are fun. I've created so many secondary, like, Instagrams and Twitters that I'm basically uh, a master. Yeah. Also, you know, who knows? One day the Queen Bee Book Club at Gmail will um, maybe be used to <laughs> get me a free trial of Hulu. <laughs> it might be. That's a great, that's a great point. Um, yeah. So, anyway, it's been been a bit of a day but I've been looking forward to this all day yes I'm very excited that we're doing our second episode yeah we're committed we're not going to delete this one this time so (laughs) this is going to be a first run we shouldn't jinx ourselves things have been hard (laughs) enough as it was I also based on like the monitor so we we did a test run and listened to it back and we're not screaming (laughs) but on the thing it looks like we are screaming (laughs) because my um, way of dealing with all microphone issues is to turn everything up just all the way (laughs) And just Full hope volume. for the best. We can adjust. I mean, I don't know. We're not editing. That's for damn sure. That's for sure. Well, last time we tried to edit, we deleted everything. So I think that was that was the computer's way of saying, don't censor yourself. Don't try to make yeah. this concise don't or shape better. It. No. Just let whatever happens happen. Let every awkward silence and yep. mispronounced word go. Because I think that's what the people want. Because ultimately right now, our only listeners are people that know us and like us. So I bet my dad is listening right now. He just I, I saw he just liked it on the Instagram. Aww. So he's our number one Instagram yes. follower. He responds to our stories. He's a delight. I smiled so big when I got a notification <laughs> that said that he was following our podcast. I know. I'm really excited by the, the feedback that we've gotten so far. Yeah. I mean, we have 
over 60 Instagram followers, which, like, we've had this for, like, a week. Yeah, which, you know, we need that because I was thinking the downside of this podcast is that typically in a graduate class when I was talking, I would stare at the professor and or a person who's, like, opinion or who I thought was smart um, and I would just kind of stare at them while I was talking until I felt like I got some sort of like affirmation that what I was saying was smart and yep. I would keep talking until yeah. then uh, but you know you and I only have each other which we already know we support each other mm-hmm. so there's no one for me to get like there's no professor in the room f- to, for me to stare at to see if I'm being smart or not so we need you guys to, to give us that affirmation yeah. aka review us on iTunes yes please Rate, review, and subscribe, as the podcasters (laughs) say. But seriously, though, like, we want to be famous, and that's the only way. Listen, I've never rated, reviewed, or subscribed to any podcast that I listen to. Are you... You've never subscribed? No, because then they download in your phone every week, and sometimes... I don't have a lot of storage on my phone. But how will you know if a new episode is out? Because I know what... So, listen, I'm behind on all of my podcasts, so I binge them, and then I, like, catch up. And so, like, ones that I'm current with, I'm not current with some of them anymore. But, like, a lot of them I listen to while I'm driving, so I just download mm. all of them. So that's pretty much how that goes for me. Um, but yeah. you know what? I'm going to reform my ways. But all the podcasts I listen to are kind of already established, so they don't really need my reviews. I don't I listen to some hipster true crime podcasts, so I should definitely give them my support. And yeah, and then hopefully you guys will take that as really good. Karma. Setting a good example. For, for us. And hopefully it's good karma. Yeah, bring it back to us. Good podcast karma. rate, review, and subscribe to us. Don't follow my example. Follow my example because yes. I do review people because I'm a rule follower. Yeah. And I, I wa- mostly I want them to read my review on air, which they do sometimes. <laughs> I have reviewed and rated every single teacher I've ever had. Every time they say, you know, because that's important. They could yeah. lose their job or get avoid tenure for yeah. years if you don't give them give them some nice reviews so I've always done that and I've always given them constructive criticism when they've asked for it but never on the official one where I know that they could be fired if people say mean things I always thought that they only got rated based on the number ranking and then they like get the feedback separate but it doesn't get read I don't know I think well because a lot of my English professors at Ohio State would um they would do two reviews. It was like there was the school one that you filled out, and then there was like the English department one, and then there was one that sometimes the teachers would make up and be like, I actually will read these and kind of develop my class around like your Mm. criticisms. So like, please tell me if the reading was too much or you didn't like something about the class or my teaching style. That's very nice of them. They wanted to grow and I, I helped them to grow. But don't take this to mean that we want constructive constructive criticism from you because we probably don't. We mostly want compliments. <laughs> so, <laughs> not in the reviews, okay? Like, if you want to tweet your constructive criticisms at us, or even like private message. Yeah, you know, most of you are we're, we're mutual follows at this point, so you just DM us. And if you can't DM us, then we probably don't want your criticism anyway because we don't know you. You haven't been vetted by us. Yeah, I mean. If we you, just so if many you, people just turn this off, like fuck yeah. these girls. <laughs> I just don't. I don't want to be cyber bullied. Is that <laughs> so much to ask? Well, you know, and that's a real concern for women on the internet. Like, it I is. fully expect at some point that somebody is going to like give some sort of rape threat. Oh and my I'm god! Really, I hope they do. Listen, I've already had a parody made of my yeah. like, my hard work in graduate school. 
someone so I in graduate school for those of you who don't know most of you listening right now probably do know I created a um, a feminist retelling of Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest and I called it The Importance of Being Cecily it's really fun you should check it out <laughs> on YouTube thank you and for the like you know like the grad school part I had to do all of these like videos or I didn't have to do I chose to do um, all these videos um, explaining kind of my process and the what I was up to during the project basically like the the substantive part of my project as opposed yeah. to the fun part and one of the videos was called feminism and some troll found that video somehow like all those videos of me explaining my process have been seen by exactly me and my advisor and so they all have two to five views and this one has 50 <laughs> last time I looked and, and which I know is not a lot of views so like somebody's like oh that's not a lot <laughs> but he took my video and then like annotated it with some annoying little creature <laughs> and mocked me and I felt pretty famous um, you should. I, it was also, I found out that it happened on Easter Sunday, so I did feel, like, a little attacked. Mm -hmm. I remember feeling kind of like, I mean, I'm not, like, a big Easter person, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, come on, of all days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, you know, that's happened to me before, um, but I feel like. So trolls beware. Yeah. Don't. And, you know, we don't, don't care what you have to say. Yeah. And we will not engage. No. I so. Mean, maybe we will. Who knows? It I depends. Don't know. I don't know. It depends on my mood. Yeah, it depends how Ohio State's doing. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it depends on um, Ohio State's current standings and um, how many beers I've had that day. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. If I get a if if Ohio State's losing and I get a notification on my phone that someone called me like a cunt for this podcast, I will engage. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as you maybe should. I'm not but, a perfect person, but you're close. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay, so I guess we should talk about the book. Um, yeah. Guys, it's going to get a little dark. It's going to get a little twisty. What a bummer. Uh, <laughs> you know, the first the first section of this book is like, it's just, it's like angsty. And I mean, there's like... Witty real, and fun. Yeah, and they're in New York. And it's kind of, I think it's like the most relatable part of yeah. the book. And then the next half is just, is just Esther being like, I'm going to kill myself. And here's how. Yeah, and I'm pretty paranoid, and everyone is lying and out to get me. And anyway, I will say I listened to a lot of Elliot Smith to get me in the mindset <laughs> of this this part. And speaking of Elliot Smith, um, can I do a quick um, murder corner? Yeah. Okay. I love murder. In case you didn't know, <laughs> it, like not I don't love murders, but like I love true crime. Hearing about it, I love yeah. And we already know about my favorite murder, and we're both fans. So if you so cheat, don't tell us about we, it. We know about it. <laughs> yeah, we love it. Um, so, so Elliot Smith is another mysterious suicide. I mean, I guess Sylvia Plath is not really mysterious, but she I guess like a, a bummer. Intent was clear. A bu it's a bummer of a suicide. <laughs> so Elliot Smith, which like, excuse me for like basically reciting this from my Wikipedia read, but basically <laughs> like he was home in his apartment with his girlfriend and apparently they'd gotten in a fight and she was crying in the bathroom mm -hmm. and while she was in the bathroom, he stabbed himself in the heart with a fork. No. Swear to God. How could you get that kind of torque? I don't know. To but like <laughs> inwardly fork stab yourself. I don't know, but you have to like have gotten like be right between a rib kind of, you know? There was only one stab? One stab. It was like direct. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Was he a doctor? <laughs> no, he was just a hipster. He was just a man. <laughs> he was just a hipster singer. And so, um, 
he and he died and like his girlfriend basically like found him dead <clears throat> so and, and, and like heard like a horrible scream as anyway but so the thing the the mystery i guess is that there are no um hesitation marks which was very rare oh, and so yeah, he, they so sort of wonder well, but I guess, like, they sort of wonder if, like, actually, like, physically somebody could do that to themselves without having so. hesitation marks. So it's, like, was it a suicide or was it a murder? I think a murder. in order to do that, you would have to be very much on drugs in order to just well, fully blast yourself with a fork in the heart. Well, I think that's what everybody assumed was like, that did he, he make was, a mark first? I don't know. I don't like, think Like, when so. they pierce your ear? I don't. I also, don't I think like so. Also, I we're being very glib about suicide. I think it's it's really bad, and no. you shouldn't do it. No, I'm sorry. Yes, a hundred percent. I'm being glib. I don't think you're being glib. About suicide. I'm just telling a story, but um, but no, it's like really horrible. And um, I guess the question though is like, did somebody come in and yes. stab him in the heart? I think yeah. Also, and I don't you know rather why? believe that though. That yeah, there was some masked killer, or you know, the yes, I would, What's or the her? girlfriend. Yeah, she probably 100%. she probably has medical training. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, but um, he was not on drugs. That was the other thing. Like he had a clean talk screen, and so they were like, well, maybe if he had been on bath salts, this would make <laughs> sense. But like he wasn't. So anyway. So that was just my murder corner for Elliot Smith because that's all I've been listening to this well, week. That reminds me, I remember when we were in, I think we were in grade school and they were trying to teach us like not to take acid and which, you know, fifth grade, in grade whatever. School? Yeah, they were really on, on the nose about it. Well, we took Dare in like fifth grade. But I just remember having, I don't remember hearing specifically about acid. Like I was remembering hearing a little more older. about pot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we were learning like don't take acid because I was like, what is acid? I don't get it. But we heard like mm-hmm. this girl like took acid and went on a bad trip and like she'd already taken acid before and like she'd had a bad trip then, but like her friends were like, You'll like it this time, which Probably not. Don't take acid. And um she stabbed herself in the heart because she was on such a bad trip and it was like really dramatic and the moral was basically like if you take acid you will stab yourself in the heart and you know what that story worked on me i've never felt the need to ever take acid because i've always thought i don't want to stab myself in the heart and and regret it yeah well i mean but like with a but she was on acid so it makes sense like you know but and also like with a knife it's different but like it's just the fork yeah. The fork what of it. kind of fork? Like a normal dinner fork? <laughs> I don't or was know. it like one of those bigger They didn't specify. Forks? They didn't have a picture of it. I, I mean, just feel like you couldn't get all the way to your heart just with I mean, someone someone's gonna call me an idiot who's taken like more anatomy courses. Well no, but I feel like there's like there's bones. Yes. <laughs> like I you mean, have a sternum that yeah, protects your no. heart from exactly that. Like I don't your know. heart's like I have a few friends who are doctors. I'll ask them about it. But right. anyway, so that's like something that's <clears> been um flooding my consciousness just because I've been listening to so much Elliot Smith and I've just been thinking about his um, fork suicide. So, anyway. um, But speaking of suicide, Esther is not (laughs) successful in her suicide. No. And can I just say, before we really get into it, um, now that we're talking a little bit about the suicide part, um, and Esther, like, I assume we'll talk about her hospital stay, I would just like to do shouts out to that fucking nurse that Esther said, like, when Esther wakes up in the hospital, she has a bandage over her eye or something. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I can't see. And the nurse just immediately doesn't do any follow-up and just says, don't worry about it. Like, lots of people are blind. Lots <laughs> of men are blind. Like, you'll meet a nice blind man and you'll be happy. Like, doesn't even. And then, like, the doctor comes in and is like, you're not blind. Like, so, who the fuck was that nurse? Like, what is she doing? So is that your favorite character? <laughs> or- <laughs> 
I don't know, but I laughed so hard at so, the yeah. idea that like some nurse could just walk in and just like take a suicidal person's word. Like, oh yeah, I mean, don't like, don't worry. Like, immediately move to comforting instead of being like, wait, you're not supposed to be blind. Like, oh, you see, were blind when it, you got here. I took it as her effing with her, being like, yeah, you're blind. <laughs> <laughs> like. But I mean, I don't know. But so okay, so I guess we should play um, favorite least favorite. So okay, so that nurse was your favorite. I think I enjoyed her um, presence the most. Um, I feel like I had a favorite, and now I'm uncertain. Uh, my favorite was Joan, because <laughs> I having loved Which, Joan. Buddy Willard strikes again is all I have to say. I, exactly, Poor it's like it's Joan. like two two girls both try to commit suicide. Can Who was the common him? denominator? Yeah. Buddy Willard is. Arrest him. Yeah. Horrible. Also, I, I'm really disappointed that we're only using one mic because my my original mic did not really stand up on its own and just kind of went limp. And so I was going to make the, when we introduced the idea that we were doing it, I was going to say um, that I had the Buddy Willard of mics because it was limp. Ha ha ha. And I'm disappointed I didn't get to make my Buddy Willard. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, but Joan, the thing I loved about Joan in this part is that she gives Esther the articles that she clipped yeah. about her <laughs> committing suicide. I'd be like, you probably want these to put in a scrapbook, scrapbook or something. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Joan, like, you know me. Like, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, she's like, you probably would appreciate all the this nice attention that you got from yeah. the suicide. Yeah, and I'm like, attempt. absolutely. Like, Joan knows what's up. But also, I was thinking about that from the perspective of, like, so often when a person is missing, you know, they say, like, after 48 hours, it's most likely that the person is dead. And I was like, you know, of course it's horrible that Esther tried to kill herself. But what excellent news that she was found alive. Like, how often does that happen? Never. Yeah. So well, there's a silver lining. So, okay, so <laughs> this is going to get to the kind of maybe not the boring part. But so I've been learning a lot about um, – suicidal ideation and like some volunteer training that I've been doing mm-hmm. and so we've learned about this thing called the SAW scale which stands for speci- specificity availability and lethality and basically like based on the score that you get for each it's like the m- more likely like you're actually going to go through with it mm-hmm. basically okay so like specificity is basically like how how specific are your ideas the availability is like you know how easy is it it's like if you're gonna shoot yourself and you have a gun then it's like pretty easy but if you like are like i'm gonna commit myself commit suicide by jumping off a building in tokyo and you're in you know niagara falls it's like not as available but you do have another option with niagara well falls. yeah but i mean it like i guess if, you, if your plan takes place somewhere else then you're less likely mm-hmm. and then lethality is the third one and that basically is like the method you choose like how likely is it that you'll survive and it's kind of interesting because Esther consistently chooses methods that have really low lethality. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me wonder if Esther is actually as like wants to kill herself as much as she says. Well, I think it's I mean not to use medical or like mental health terms improperly, but I think it's I think you're right. I don't think that Esther really wants to die. I think she's just like psychotic. Like, I think she's having psychotic episodes. I think she's, like, dissociated from herself completely. And I think that she, um, I think she doesn't know, like, what, I don't know. Like, I don't think she knows, like, what, what's going on at all. Well, and I think part of Esther's stuff, it's, like, it's, like, almost, like, a power thing. Because, like, the methods she chooses, like, so one of them is, like, she tries to drown herself 
in the ocean. Which, unless which you put like, weights on, you can't do that. No. And so it's, like, it's almost, like, her her fighting like to, like, Geneva. drown herself in the ocean, which, like, right. you're not going to win. <laughs> I like the image, too, of, like, was that not suspicious to her, like, friends that she was just <laughs> constantly just violently diving down? Like, damn it! And, like, <laughs> and like, coming up. And, like fanning her hands down so she sinks to the bottom. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's, like, not, like, really going to do much. And then, so then cutting also, like, has a really, really low lethality. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah, like, most people who cut themselves don't die. Um, well, she was also, in terms of, like, what what did you say? Speci- specificity. specificity of place or mm-hmm. what that, like, or opportunity or whatever. Like, when she talks about being able to cut herself in this one area, she's like, oh, wait, but I don't have, like, a tub here. Like, yeah. it's not the warm water. So mm-hmm. it's like... She's kind of, like, she has opportunities to do some of the things that she's been kind of fantasizing about doing, but, yeah. like, the circumstances aren't quite right. Well, and then, and then so then she tries to strangle herself, but, like, she doesn't hang herself, which has a very high lethality level. Um, she, like, tries to basically strangle herself with, like, a robe thing, like, yeah, a, which, which like, which, again, like, you're going to pass out, and then you're going to loosen your grip, and you're going to be fine. Um, and then with the pills, I think because she takes the pills from her mom and takes them with her it's very obvious to her mom what's happened and so like then why does it take her mom so long to find her well but i mean i guess like they're not going to think she just ran away like like i guess like i'm thinking like people are going to know something is wrong yeah because it's like the 50s so people like when girls disappear they're like well she ran off and then they stop worrying which yeah i know what i know (laughs) still find them I know. Um, but yeah, so I guess I guess that just makes me think that Esther is not as suicidal as she makes it seem. Mm-hmm. Which is another, I mean, as she makes it seem, I think is like the crucial phrase for this novel because it's written in first person. Yeah. And so, and obviously we're dealing with like quite the unreliable narrator. And so... We like our perception perceptions of even other characters are really clouded. Like we don't know who these people really are, um, and I think it's interesting to that effect that when she's kind of going through her like crazy man mania phase of like I'm doing this and now I'm doing this and I'm writing a novel. Yeah. When she starts her novel, um, the character is in third person. So rather like Sylvia Plath. Um, uses the same amount of letters in um, Esther's name as Sylvia. By the way, mm-hmm. she says like so. For those of you who don't understand that, um, Esther, when she starts writing her novel, chooses the name Elaine because it has the same number of letters that Esther does. And Sylvia and Esther also have the same number of letters. Mm. I checked. Yeah. Um, which, you know, super hard back work for me to do. <laughs> I just have to write one name under the other. <laughs> and count. <laughs> exactly. Um, Sylvia writes it in first person. So she really dives into these issues and makes, like, surrounds herself with them. And, but... Esther dissociates from it. It's semi-autobiographical, she says, like the bell jar is pretty much believed to be. Yeah. But she writes in third person, which is kind of saying, like, like, this isn't, I'm not going to, like, really do a deep dive into this. Yeah. I also think, too, um, like, Esther's, like, mania and, like, just, like, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. Like, it reminds me of the feeling that I have if I'm really hungry and go to the grocery store <laughs> where it's, like, I want everything mm-hmm. or, like, but then I'm so hungry that I like, can't even decide what I want. Like, because yeah. I, I don't even have my, like, body is, like, too messed up to even know, like, what it needs to eat. And yeah. so then 
I just, like, sit there and, like, am hungry. Yeah. That's, like, basically, I feel like, what Esther is, like, at this point. Yeah. Or I guess, like, more in the beginning part when she's, like, actually trying to do some more stuff. Yeah, which I think brings us to my least favorite character in this section. Her fucking mom. Piece of shit. She's like, yeah, well, I knew you weren't crazy. Let's get you out of here. Oh, you want to check out of the hospital? Fine. No, your daughter has a severe mental illness and needs help. And, I mean, obviously there's probably still quite a stigma around mental illness at this time and, like, being crazy. But it's like, Esther's mom. Come on. (laughs) She's horrible. Yeah. I mean, I do feel bad for her because she's a single mom. That's true. But... Yeah, I mean, she's a little clueless, and she's a little naive and, like, takes everything. Like, she's always very weepy, and it's mm-hmm. like, come on, get it together, lady. Back up. Yeah. Get it together. Um, which also brings us then to Dr. Gordon. Oh, he sucks, too. Yeah. So, because he's the first kind of professional help mm-hmm. that Esther gets. Yeah, and he just gives her some electro thought shock. I just yeah. don't know that he really tried very hard to talk to her. He was like, "Oh yeah, okay." And I love though, I love the move of Sil- or like of Esther to be like, "He's not gonna know if I lie." Like she's like twiddling her finger. She's like, "I'm a genius." I love when she writes that letter and like rips it up and like showers it over him and is like, "What do you think of this?" <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, you I should you should do some shock, shock treatment." Your fucking brain is what I think. Yeah, which happens once, and then she says, "I don't want to go back," and the mom takes that as, "I'm better." What? <sighs> she just hears she hears what she wants. Yeah, I don't I don't like what she's about, but I think we if we track um, because this. This section that we read um, is really dominated by Esther's mental health issues. I think if we kind of track, like, her her going, her, like, kind of journey through that, like, I, I don't know what we'll find, but we'll definitely get to talk more about, you know, her relationship with science and femininity's relationship to science. We have a female doctor. Oh, Two yeah, female cool. doctors. Her primary physician is a, is a woman. Which yeah. I horribly thought to myself, I did not know women could be doctors in the 50s. Well. I'm pretty sure that we said, I said last episode, women can't study medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they they were for sure in the minority, though. Yeah. I mean, for and sure. And discouraged. Yeah. And hospitals were like, you mean nursing. Yeah. You wanted to be a nurse. <laughs> um, okay. So the first thing that I had in her journey to in her descent basically is that she's at home and she starts and abandons a lot of things she starts her novel she also I liked that idea of when she like is really nervous about the idea she's never spent a summer in the suburbs before and so I liked the idea that for Esther the suburbs are a site of failure as opposed to success like especially in the 50s like the nuclear family is fucking everything and so the suburbs are, like, where you move to, like, have the perfect American life. And But to Esther, it's like, no, because that's not what I want. Right. I like Dodo. She was another character I enjoyed, speaking of her. You know, home. I, I actually, a fave. I might have put Dodo as my least favorite character. Because really? I'm like, why are you going with them everywhere? <laughs> like, I wrote in my notes, I'm like, what the F is Dodo doing on the kids. way to like, the aren't asylum? You busy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I don't, I don't know that she was my least favorite. Like, I didn't have, like... I wish Dodo was my name. 
I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you I probably wouldn't have become friends with me if I was like, hi, I'm Dodo. <laughs> I would have been okay. <sighs> Later days. No, thanks. Okay. I like how she says um, that it was very classic of men to want to shoot themselves in the head. Yeah. And, like, she's like, of course. Dramatic. You're so, <laughs> so, so boring. While we're looking for this, I would like to bring up, like, as great as Sylvia is and what a, an, an ally she is to women in mental health, um, she's not without sin. This she's book is racist. hella racist. <laughs> yeah, she's real racist. Jesus. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I'm sorry, Esther. Like, please don't kick that nice black man. <laughs> I know. Oh, my like, God. Like, you fucking bitch. I don't care how ill you are. Like, she did it for no reason. And then every other word out of her mouth is like, I looked like an Indian. It's like, no. I don't talk about people like that. Well, and it's also, I mean, but I think maybe that if you want to give maybe some, like, literary credit to it, as opposed to just saying, like, it was the 50s and Sylvia Plath was probably a racist. Yeah. I mean, there is, like, a lot of othering in this book. So it's like... Maybe people of different races are the only people Esther has to other because she feels othered by the idea that she's not as rich as some of her, you know, compatriots at school. I mean, I guess she could other other people because she's more educated. But yeah. So, I mean, maybe that could be our one silver lining of, like, that having some literary merit. But, but um, shame on you, Esther, for your racist ways. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I think my least favorite character was Miss Tomonolio. Remember that lady? What? <laughs> the lady who like they shared a room. Oh, that bitch that yeah. was imitating the mom yes. and then being an asshole. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But like, and basically like making Esther go more crazy because yes. she's like freaking out because nobody's mm-hmm. like everyone's like no that's a nice lady and yeah. Esther's like she is imitating you. Ah. <laughs> oh. That was another thing. The the image of that, though, made me laugh. That, like, there was, no, like, was some funny. old lady imitating, like, her mom being like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then as soon as she turns around, she, like, is, plays it cool. Well, and I guess it's, like, I guess that's the question, too. It's, like, do you believe Esther that that actually happened? Or do you think yeah. that Esther imagined it? And, I like, mean, because Esther is paranoid. Anything's possible, basically. So. But I guess, I mean, that's that's really, as you're reading the whole book, you're like, I don't know if I trust you. There's not a word in this book that you can really say, yeah, that happened. I mean, yeah. none of it happened because it's a novel. Yeah. Some yeah, of it happened yeah. because it's based on Sylvia Plath's life. Yeah. But it's not reliable. No, it is definitely not reliable. And you can't rely on her her versions of people mm-hmm. because they're very biased. Yeah. trying to she goes to a psychiatrist oh what did you think about so okay i guess we should say <clears throat> we read up to chapter 17 is yeah that right um for this section what did you think about the end um with esther saying i hate my mother and like her throwing her flowers away and then mm-hmm. her female psychiatrist being like yeah i know i suppose you do yeah <laughs> like what did you what I, was your feeling about that scene i kind of feel like this this new psychiatrist that she's working with, and I kind of forget how this all shakes out. Yeah, I um, do too. Dr. Nolan. I feel like she's the first person to actually start providing Esther with some good care because I think she realizes, like, 
these people that are visiting her are not making her better. Her mother is constantly like, you're not, you're not sick. Like, you can, yeah. you want to come home. Like, don't you? Everything, everything's fine. Um, and I think Dr. Nolan's actually listening to Esther because, yeah. like, that idiot Dr. Gordon basically was just like, mm-hmm, like, shock treatments for you, ma'am. And I think, like, Dr. Nolan's actually, like, listening to her and taking her seriously. And, like, and that's something Sylvie, or <laughs> that's something Esther needs. Yeah. Is even though she is kind of delusional, she is paranoid. Like, she needs someone, if she's going to trust them, she needs yeah. someone to, like, take her seriously and listen. Well, and I think that Dr. Nolan also did not ever promise Esther, I will not give you shock treatment. She did not. She but said, she if did we say, do, I will. I will let you know. And I think that is, like, a big step for Esther where it's, like, I think she's felt very deceived. Yeah. And, like, taken advantage of and basically, like, bossed around. Whereas I think with Dr. Nolan, I think she at least feels like she's going to have an idea of what's coming. Mm -hmm. And, like, she'll be giving some kind of permission or consent. Yeah. um, Which I don't think she really had any kind of option with Dr. Gordon. No, he was just kind of like, I'm going to talk to your mom about this. Like, she's an adult. I mean, I guess she's not really, like, mentally equipped to make those decisions for herself, but... I guess. I mean... I mean, are shock treatments really ever okay? I know that... um, I mean, they were back then, but... Carrie Matheson on Homeland played, like, Claire Danes. She gets shock treatments at the end of the season, but it's, like, pretty extreme. Do they still do those? I Apparently. <clears throat> if Homeland is to be believed. <laughs> but it's, like, she's, like, effed up. Like, she's, like, really, really manic because she's bipolar in the show. Huh. I didn't know that, like, I thought that was sort of, like, lobotomies. I'm like, Me they too. just don't yeah, do those don't anymore. Do that anymore. I thought that, too, until I saw that season of Homeland. <laughs> huh. So, I don't know. But I don't know that there's Is it, like, the really same where they option. have, like, the, like, thing they bite down on and, like, the things on their head? Is that what it looks yeah, like? Yeah, it was okay. kind of on their head. Mm. It seemed pretty weird. Hmm. It seemed like not great medicine. Well, I mean, maybe this is something we should have done research into, but I didn't, so. Doctors tweeted us. Yeah. Any doctors, we'd love to hear Let about shock know. treatments. Do you do them still? What's up? Are they okay? Because they seem bad. They seem horrible. <laughs> well, and also, like, it's pretty ironic that in the beginning of the book, she's horrified and repulsed by the idea that the Rosenbergs are going to be electrocuted. And that's, like, she thinks that that would be, like, a really horrible way to die. And then, like, she has to get electroshock treatments, which is, like, a, probably another reason she really hated them. Have you ever seen or have you ever read um, One Blue Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I have not. Okay. It's a great book. But... um he, I, maybe I shouldn't spoil it. Should I, I won't spoil it's it. It's been out for a while. <laughs> well, anyway, I won't say who, but, like, there's a character who gets a lobotomy in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess, like, I just equate. Is it Jack Nicholson's character? I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, um, but I guess, like, I sort of equated shock treatments with, like, the same eras as, oh, me too. as lobotomies. 100%. And that was, like, cruel and unusual. Yeah. And also, like, um, they did it to the Kennedy daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot her name. Mm-hmm. Maybe Rose? I don't know. I shouldn't guess. <laughs> I own a book that's literally Caroline. about her. That's nice. <laughs> Eunice? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I I'll, I can report back or not. <laughs> um, but anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I have a question. Is Dr. Gordon a good doctor? No, he's not. The answer is no. The answer is a hard no on that one. But I think Dr. Nolan is pretty good. I mean, I guess we'll see later on. I, d- I honestly don't remember if she betrays Esther. She might. <laughs> I think I think Esther thinks that she betrayed her. Mm. But I don't know if it's like a, a cut and dry betrayal. I just like her vibe. Like, I like her glasses. Yeah. I like her straightforwardness. Well, she seems to be like another JC type. Like, yeah. Where it's like a woman that's um, that Esther can trust. Because she's not really had, like, she doesn't really like her mom. Like, she doesn't really like the other women in her town. Even Dodo, she's like, she's got too many kids. Everybody thinks so. Yeah, I, I mean, that a is mom. a lot of kids. Seven That's too is, many. Seven is a lot of kids. But, but she's think, Catholic, but, so, you But, know. yeah, but then Esther's also interested in her, too, because she's another one who kind of breaks the, the nuclear family deal. Like, it's not what Esther wants, like, seven children or whatever. But, like, she's also not having, like, the 2.5 kids and... In a picket fence. Esther doesn't even want right. to get married. Yeah. This is probably why she's interested in, in dear Dodo. <laughs> Your girl Dodo. <laughs> As, um. I have a note here. Esther is obsessed with death. <laughs> she goes yep. for it. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what else did I say? Um, I, I have The nurses in this hospital are insane, but I don't remember. I just don't feel like those nurses are really on the up and up for their care. No, no, I would, I would say not. Um, I found it really interesting that Esther like is like, I don't really believe in God, but like, I'm pretty into the Catholic church because of the whole forgiveness of sins thing. (laughs) And like, I like that idea. And so like, maybe I'll just become a nun. Like, I like that about Esther and that she just basically is like, yeah, I'm like into this like portion of this idea. So I'm going to go whole hog into (laughs) it. And like, so it's all I ever want. Yeah. I like that about her. Um, I figured out um, the character you named as your favorite. Her name is Mrs. Guinea. Yeah, Philomena. Yeah, Philomena. I love that Philomena was like, I'm going to help her, but I will not help her if she tried to kill herself over a boy. Yeah, no. If a man is involved, I can't help. But if she's just fucking nuts, that's fine. Because she was also in in an asylum, too. I also, like, I mean, maybe we should have done research on this again. But, like... How common was it for women to get put in asylums? Because it seems pretty pretty common. common. Because at the time, it was like if a woman was anything other than, I mean, Betty Draper is later. Like, this book was written in the 50s, Mad Men's in the 60s. But I think if a woman betrayed anything that was different from, like, the Betty Draper vibes... Then it was like, I think it's the loony bin for you, Missy. Right, or if you're, like, a little bit moody when you PMS, it's like, bye. Yeah, later days, yeah. Speaking of, um, we were talking about nurses before, love that Buddy Willard is like, I, like, the only, our only encounter with him in this section was him being like, I'm in love with a nurse, but if you come to the Adirondacks, I could be persuaded out of it. And she, and again, like, Esther, like, commits whole hog and is like, you know what, actually, I'm engaged to a... (laughs) An interesting man. Like, I like that her way... Isn't like, an interpreter or something? Something like that. But it's, like, Esther's way consistently of getting out of, like, relationships with men. Or, like, men say, like, hey, do you want to go out with me? And she's like, I'm engaged. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which probably speaks to the idea that, like, most men are like, all right, so it's a yes until, like, you have a fiancé. Yeah, you have to be like, I'm pregnant, okay? Like, lay off. (laughs) Even then they're like, I mean... (laughs) Is he in the picture? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Men are horrible. Yeah, it reminds me of that Lily Allen song. It's like about like saying that she has like STD to like <laughs> make them like leave her alone. I don't know. 
I've been listening to the Lily Allen song, Fuck You, a lot. Oh, that's a good one. It's like, a good one. It's like a, the Chipmunks kind yeah, of? Yeah, it's kind of a bop, you know? Yeah. My mom loves that song. She's like, I just wish it wasn't so vulgar. <laughs> well, mom. One of my friends... Um, it's called Juxtaposition. Her mom bought a CD because um, she liked this one she liked uh, this one song but didn't know that the radio version was like an edited version and so like the so oh, what like, was it the CeeLo Green song no <laughs> no it was actually it was um I think it was the You're Beautiful by Jason oh Blunt, my god when it's like oh, that was <laughs> fucking high and she never listened to the CD again okay I will say I have a embarrassing attraction to James Blunt um I <laughs> why I don't know um but I will say like I do occasionally listen to the song um, Goodbye, My Lover. Goodbye, um, my goodbye, lover. Goodbye, my you friend. One. You have been the one. Yeah, anyway. So. You're welcome, America, for that. <laughs> Don't turn us off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, I have an embarrassing crush on James Blunt. And um, <laughs> whatever. Don't don't judge me. So what do we – we've talked about most of the women in this section. This This section, more so than the first – I feel like was very women centric. Well, that's because we didn't have Buddy Willard to yeah, ruin it. But the, yeah, the only the only men were like was, there was that like one doctor who like came to visit her. Yeah, like I was like, is this Buddy Willard? Like, don't you but remember it, me, Esther? No, <laughs> we weren't friends. Why are you here? It's like yeah, you, you wanted to stare at my <laughs> yeah. He was such a looky Lou. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, but I like I was certain. I'm like oh. Fuck it's Buddy Willard. Me but too. It I was like, you have a male visitor. I was like, no. Thank Go he's... back to your TV place where you belong. <laughs> and to your nurse, your nurse <laughs> Who girlfriend. Also TB. Does she? Yeah, it was oh. like a nurse with TB as well. I was like, fuck you, buddy. Perfect. Come on. I'm sure their children will be of great stock. <laughs> um. So we have Dodo, we have Joan, we have Valerie, who had oh, yeah. a lobotomy. Yeah, okay, okay, that was what right. I was going to say, is that, like, I thought when you had a lobotomy, you basically, like, drooled and couldn't even talk anymore, because no. they, like, ruin your brain. Guess that. Um, she doesn't want to leave, though. Yeah, she's She likes it. it there. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know what we'd make of that. We have Mrs. Guinea. We have Esther's mom. But, I mean, what, I guess, I mean, in the first section, we kind of came down hard on, like, the guys, as we should have, because Buddy Willard sucks. Yeah. Um, but, like, Sylvia Plath does not give us a lot of women in this to root for. Like, it's kind no. of like, it's not this idea of, like, oh, women are, like, really out to, like, protect and uplift each other. It's like, I don't know. There's not. It's not our world. Yeah. No. It's not, <laughs> not like Cher and I, where we have a very great female friendship, where we both crave attention, but support each other equally in getting attention and are happy for each other when we get yeah. attention we're not jealous no that we don't feel like that should you should be our see attention. audrey's wearing like a fab red oh, dress God. like she literally like walked up and i was just like wow like i'm so happy that she looks so fab and i wasn't even that upset that i look like liz lemon today. <laughs> so i mean anyway it's just like you be more like us yeah esther support women supporting other women yeah. but also other women support esther i yeah. feel like they're you know mrs guinea only wants to help if a boy isn't involved yeah I mean, although i would say she's like one of the more positive characters i yeah, mean she's she definitely more positive than esther's nolan. mom yeah yeah i like dr nolan too yeah so esther's mom she's no help no she's always like you know you should just learn that type and yeah why don't you know shorthand Esther's like, Esther's like, it makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I don't want to do any job that uses that, <laughs> so I don't want to learn it. That's how I feel about HTML. <laughs> 
I agree. And also, I just don't care for... Um, I feel like I've mostly been turned off from learning HTML because of, like, <laughs> douchey dudes who are like, it's just like learning another language. And, like, they talk yeah. to you like, oh, yeah, like girl doesn't know how to code like I'm gonna help you like get the fuck away from me I mean I like the idea of like having a girl who codes shirt but I just don't I I follow them on Twitter I really support them I don't I don't I don't understand it it's coding to me is a mystical thing like I don't get it the most I want to do ever is do the RSS feed for this podcast which I've already done so I'm done with my 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 coding for my life good to go yeah you know what? We can't be interested in everything. No. We can't be good at everything. No. And we can accept that there are some things that we're not interested in learning. Right. Also, shout out to my sister, Savannah, who's a computer science major. Holla! And, and, and going to be applying to nursing school. Holla! So, you know, this this feels, this feels conversation feels very pertinent to you, Savannah. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't follow Esther's footsteps. Well, Esther never wanted to be a nurse. That's true. Or a computer scientist. That's just true. So, <laughs> Esther just wanted to be a poet. So really, we're we're the ones who need to look out. <laughs> it's a worry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I feel like we've covered. I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon? I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think so. I think just. Follow us on all of our social media accounts. Oh, I, I have here. Why are the men Esther meets always weirdos? <laughs> that fucking oh, California sailor guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. I kind of liked that sailor guy. I was guy. like, hey, miss, why are you telling me your name is something else? <laughs> She's like, what can I say? Also, I don't know why I put on that voice for every... I like it. I <laughs> like it a lot. It's my idea of, like, a 50s, like... I really like it. Yeah. I listen to this old Hollywood podcast, and, like, that's how all the voices are. Wait, are you listening to You Must Remember This? Is that the one? No. Okay. It's called Hollywood Crime. Oh. <laughs> it's really... You would really like it. It's, like, okay. all about, like, the Black Dahlia and, Ugh. like, murders and Love. stuff. Yeah. I listen if you also Vintage are interested... Vintage murder. If you are also interested in old Hollywood but don't always want it to be about murder, there's a podcast called You Must Remember This, telling the forgotten histories of Hollywood's 20th century. I started listening to it to listen about the Mansons. But yeah. <laughs> but I've continued. So I downloaded that podcast, started listening to it, because I think they've mentioned it on My Favorite Murder. Yes, and I was did. like, this isn't about murder, and I deleted it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Well, speaking of podcasts, a reminder to rate, <laughs> review, and subscribe. <laughs> you can also listen to our podcast on Podbean or on SoundCloud. Um, or on any podcast site, really, like Overcast, we're on that. Like, I don't we, know the other. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, you told me. Okay. I don't know why. Like, I think it's just because, like, I did the feed and it goes, oh, it goes. So intrigue. I don't know how it works, guys, but it works. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, Queen Bee Book Club. Um, reminder that B is just the letter B and not, in fact, spelled out. You can also yeah. follow us on Instagram. Sometimes we post really fun stories. We do post really fun stories. Um, oh, wait, that reminds me of High School Share. Oh, my God. Oh, the note I made. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, High School Share was really, um, I think, a fun a fun person that Cher used to be. Yeah, it's a, she's a fun character for sure. <laughs> if you want to. I was um, finding the page. Um, do you want me to talk about high school share for yeah, a while? Yeah, I do. Um, well, I will say, first of all, I had forgotten that I actually got my bangs because Sylvia Plath had bangs <laughs> at one point, which, like, she does. Like, it was literally this picture, which is... Oh, nice. So you guys can't see it, but... Those are good bangs, Sylvia. Yeah, she had good bangs. I didn't have as good of bangs because I have... I thought your I bangs looked great in that picture. Well, 
it just they took a lot of work because uh, I, I have a cowlick and so like it okay. would like there would be a space in them no. always and so I would have to blow them dry every day which was quite a bit of work but anyway yeah and um Sylvia, Sylvia Plath was um in my yearbook quote yes so okay so the part that I bracketed as seeming like something high school share would do can't wait um is when <laughs> is when Esther is on the train home and it's after she's been like attacked by that guy and he like put blood on her face. Oh yeah. And it says um <clears throat> I hadn't at the last moment felt like washing off the two diagonal lines of dried blood oh that my marked God. my yes. cheeks. <laughs> they seemed touching and rather spectacular and I thought I would carry them around with me like the relic of a dead lover till they were till they wore off of their own accord. Of, of course, if I smiled or moved my face much the blood would flake away in no time so I kept my face immobile and when I had to speak I spoke through my teeth without disturbing my lips okay <laughs> okay the f- I was like that is something you would do that is straight up high school share that is like straight up even maybe like freshman year of college share because that <laughs> reminds me of a time that um so I used to wear like a lot of eyeliner my freshman year of college awesome. that was also like I dyed my hair black that year so anyway that was a good face too and I cut my hair really short um also because Sylvia Plath had shorter hair. Um, but um, I had gotten in a fight with um, my college boyfriend at the time. And so what I did was I put on a um, trench coat and went to a graveyard and cried. <laughs> <laughs> and just cried. And, like, cried so much that all of my eye makeup, like, went on my face. Beautiful. And I, like, got back in my car and, like, looked. And I was like, Yes. And so I got home, like, um, our cleaning lady happened to be there. And so I, like, snuck past her so she wouldn't see me because I didn't want to, like, mess up my, like, black tear lines. And then I went and took photo booth pictures of myself with my, like, black tear lines. So anyway. That's wonderful. I'm really glad you picked that out because that is a total high school slash freshman year of college share moment. Yeah, because there's defiance in it. There's, like, a little bit of morbidity. And there's also just a little bit of showmanship. Amazing <laughs> drama queen move. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway. All right. Love you guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye.